Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Welcome to our midweek Wednesday Bible study. Uh, Got a few people uh, out there watching right now, and um, a few more may join here in just a little bit. If you do want to text me or chat with me, I've got my phone here, and I'll do my best to try to keep up with that and uh, look at that and maybe answer some questions along the way. But hope and pray you are doing well today. Uh, We finally got some more uh, information from our governor, so uh, things are changing just slightly. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, but at least we're starting to move in the right direction of being able to open up and, and do some more things. But based on what I saw uh, from yesterday and all, it looks like we're going to be doing these midweek Bible studies and our worship services uh, live stream for the most part uh, for the next several weeks again. Uh, we may be uh, looking at uh, doing some kind of a uh, drive-in service for Mother's Day, but we're working out those details and we'll put those things out there uh, for you as soon as we uh, find uh, find out what exactly we can do. But I'm glad you're here with me this morning. We're looking again at, uh, uh, based off of Tremper Longman's book, using his outline of the of the different chapters. And of course, I'm putting my own spin on it and doing some other research on it. But uh, looking at reading the Bible with heart and mind. Uh, and so uh, we'll, first we looked at the history books, which all of the Bible is historical, but primarily what we focused on was the historical books in the Old Testament and how we can read those uh, with an understanding toward how that applies to our lives. Last week we looked at the law and studied uh, a little bit about that, basically Exodus through Deuteronomy. Again, there's plenty of commands and, and law written throughout all of Scripture, but again, primarily those books. And so this morning, uh, we're going to be looking together for just a few moments at a couple books of poetry, uh, primarily Psalms and Lamentations. Next week, we're going to look at wisdom literature, and there's some parallels between poetry and wisdom literature, but there are some distinctions as well. So again, there's poetry throughout uh, all of the Bible. Uh, When you uh, read and study, not every single book has poetry in it, but a lot of books uh, have poetry uh, written into them. So we're going to just look a little bit at some of those. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we will then uh, start looking a little bit at uh, uh, poetry uh, in the Bible this morning. Father, I come before you right now, and I do thank you for this day. I thank you for the beauty of this day and the opportunities that this day provides us to know you better and to serve you more. And I pray that as we go through these studies of looking at uh, the scripture you've given to us, this is your word. Uh, You've given it to us through the many different people that you chose to inspire to to write these words, and you've given us your truth. Every single word in your word uh, is truth from you to us so that we can know you, love you, and serve you. And I thank you for what you've given to us in this beautiful book we call the Bible. Help us to understand it in a way that will bring glory and honor to you. Uh, Lord, that's my ultimate goal in reading and studying and learning, uh, is not just to have more information, but Father, so that I might know you better and I might be able to serve you more. And so I pray as we study these different aspects, these different types of literature that you have so beautifully interwoven into your word, uh, that we will use that knowledge to better uh, live for you and serve you. Thank you for what you're going to do through this uh, study this morning. It's in Christ's most holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, we're going to jump into looking at this this morning, and so I don't know what uh, what you think. I had a couple questions written down here, and uh, again, I like the interactive a little bit, uh, but I'll at least let you get to think about this for a few seconds. But uh, what is your first impression, or what is your impression of poetry? 
Are you somebody that really, really enjoys poetry and just uh, thrives on it and uh, reads it all the time? Uh, I know for me, uh, that's not necessarily my my particular bent uh, in in reading. I, I like poetry. I like good poetry, but um, poetry is not one of the first places I go. I don't pick up a lot of li- other literature that's uh, poetic. I'm more history and uh, explanation and, and those kinds of things. But poetry is, is powerful and it's beautiful. It's an important, and you may be uh, somebody that uh, really uh, enjoys poetry and, and likes the intricacies of poetry. Uh, where do we find poetry in the Bible? Again, I already mentioned we're going to be looking, uh, or, or at least thinking along the lines of more Psalms and Lamentations today, and looking at a couple examples from Psalms this morning. But uh, poetry, again, is found throughout all of Scripture. Uh, you find it uh, even, even in, like I, I think, to uh, Philippians, that letter that Paul wrote uh, to the church at Philippi. It contains uh, a short poetic passage that was uh, probably a hymn uh, or song that was sung by early Christians early believers uh, found there in chapter 2 of Philippians. So we can find poetry in many different places and references even uh, to poetry in different places. So it's it's throughout the Bible. Uh, and uh, and it's pretty, pretty extensive through the Bible. Um, real quickly, I know our time's already kind of working our, our way through here, but uh, my intent this morning is not to give you a crash course in uh, reading poetry or all the different types of poetry or all the different kinds of poetry that's used, but really I want to encourage you, as I do really through all of these studies, I want to encourage you to recognize the value of poetry and hopefully give you a couple helps in uh, in how to read poetry, uh, how, to, how to pick it out, and uh, then how to get the most out of it as you read it. Let me give you a couple quotes from uh, Tremper Longman from his book. This comes from page 130 uh, in his book, Reading the Bible with Heart and Mind. Uh, The first quote that he gives uh, concerning poetry says, read through any of these books and see how well the form of poetry conveys an emotional message that is best spoken directly to the soul. Uh, now, that's really what spoke to me there, that last part of that uh, quote there. Uh, poetry conveys an emotional message. Uh, so poetry is designed to pull something out of us, for us to to connect with that poetry. It's not just reading facts and figures. It's not just reading dates and times and places and names and those kinds of things. It is more so about trying to pull into our heart and into our emotions and help us to get involved and engaged with what's being written for us. And so it conveys an emotional message that is best spoken directly to the soul. And then the second uh, quote that I pulled out of here Uh, out of his writing is, uh, poetry uh, suited the unique mission of these spokesmen, talking about prophets and why there's so much poetry in in the prophetic books. Uh, Poetry is suited for the unique mission of these spokesmen for God because it cut to the quick with piercing efficiency. And so again, part of what poetry is intended to do, it's not trying to give you the whole story. It's not trying to give you the entire picture. Uh, It's trying to pinpoint where this impacts you and where this uh, touches you. Uh, Johnny just uh, texted me, and I saw a look at that here real quickly. Uh, He says that he loves poetry. It states simple concepts in musical language. It lends itself to memorization, Uh, and that is so, so true um, in in poetry. Most of our hymns that we 
sing uh, were poems uh, written first. Uh, sometimes they're written together. But so, yes, we very much use uh, that poetry that uh, is, is very quick to get to uh, a point in our lives. Let me give you another quote. This comes from uh, Leland Riken. Uh He wrote a uh, a book called uh, Sweeter Than Honey, Richer Than Gold, uh, A Guided Study of Biblical Poetry. And he's given some insight into some of these things we're looking at as well, looking at the literature that we find in Scripture. And it's a little bit longer quote, but I thought it was a, a good quote. Uh, so let me just kind of read it. It says, it is, an it is unwise either to exaggerate or understate the difference of poetry from other forms of discourse. The most obvious feature of poetry is that it is that it is not how we ordinarily speak. Poets have a way with words that ordinary people only rarely possess. Far from being a mark against poetry, it highlights the way in which poetry performs a function in the human economy and the spiritual life that is unique. Additionally, the departure of poetry from ordinary discourse is not as great as it initially seems. Mastering this unusual form of communication is within the reach of anyone who makes a genuine effort. Now, I guess I read that because, again, as I stated before, uh, I don't uh, necessarily read a lot of poetry and spend a long time in poetry, so I probably should be challenged to make a little bit more effort to really understand what's going on in poetry. Again, it is powerful and it is meaningful, and I do enjoy uh, poetry very much uh, when, when I read it. Um, but it is different. It sounds different. It looks different. It's supposed to be different. I don't know if any of you all have tried to write uh, any kind of poems. I've tried to write uh, maybe one or two or three poems in the course of my life. Uh, none of them are going to be published or remembered. Uh, they're probably uh, where they uh, started out, you know, uh, uh, just on a piece of paper somewhere, and, and who knows if they'll ever uh, be discovered ever again. I know I haven't hold, held on to them. Uh, but yeah, it, it takes work to write poetry, uh, and, and it's good to do that because poetry does take an effort to get the meaning across of what you're trying to say. So with all that said, uh, let's look at a few things about uh, how to read poetry, especially biblical poetry, uh, in uh a way that is helpful and encouraging. This actually came up a little bit. We were looking at Proverbs uh, in our uh, Connect groups on Sunday nights, and it came up a couple questions about reading some of the passages of uh, the wisdom literature, and we'll talk probably a little bit more about that next week. But how do you read it, and how do you understand some of this when it's not written in a linear fashion, when it's not written in just a facts and figure type fashion? So how do we need to understand uh, poetry, especially Hebrew poetry? Because remember, this was written 2,000 years or so ago, 3,000 years ago, depending on what book of the Bible and uh, what you're reading. So this is a, a extensive, you know, a long time ago when it was written. So some of the things uh, to, to keep in mind in, in how we read it. First of all, as we already said, poetry is very concise, and the Hebrew poetry usually was very concise as well. Trying to say a lot with a little. Uh, and a lot of times using imagery uh, to make that happen. And so one of the things we need to do is when we're reading poetry, uh, any poetry, but especially biblical poetry, is we need to slow down and meditate over what's being said. We're going to look at a couple examples here in just a second uh, for just a minute or two. But 
slow down and, and, and don't just read over it and get the words in your mind, uh, but, but ask yourself, why is this being written? What was being said here? Why, these, why this imagery and why not some other imagery? So it, it's usually very concise and trying to say as much as possible with as few as, uh, as words as possible. The second thing you need to look for in poetry uh, is parallelism. Uh, the second line many times will advance the first line uh, of a line of poetry, or you have uh, a lot of times, and in, in if you're reading and studying through poetry, I've studied through some of the Psalms and I've done some of the Proverbs, and uh, oftentimes the writers will break those uh, either uh, the poetry down into A, B uh, format, where you have an A line, a B line, then you have a B line, then an A line, and it, and it uh, reinforces itself. And so you're looking for parallelism, parallelism oftentimes in what's being written. So sometimes you'll have two lines that look similar uh, and sound similar, and that's intentional so that the author can get that into your mind and uh, thinking about what, uh, what is actually being said. So look for that parallelism. And a lot of times it's not just a repeat of what's being said. Oftentimes it is done in a way that there's a, a slight twist to it or it's giving a little bit more in, meaning to it or enhancing the meaning in some way. So the conciseness of poetry, the parallelism you find in there, obviously the big part of poetry, you've already mentioned it, is the imagery that we find in poetry. The likes and as is the, uh, the comparisons that you have. Uh, we're going to look at one of those here in just a second. Uh, also um, metaphors. Uh, some are a little bit less obvious, but some are uh, a little bit more uh, more obvious and more more striking what they're in what's being said there so but but when you compare two things that are just fundamentally different that that look totally different uh, from each other so let me give you an example the first example comes from a very well-known psalm psalm 23 and just the first couple of verses uh, in in this psalm uh, David writes this he says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the first thing we need to look at here is, is, is what is not uh, what it is not saying. This is not saying that uh, God is literally a shepherd. Uh, the, he says the Lord is my shepherd, uh, but uh, he, he's not saying God is actually a shepherd. He's saying he's like a shepherd. He does things that shepherds do, where shepherds lead and guide and, and help and support. Uh, and he's also not saying that we're literally sheep. Uh, we're human beings. We're special in creation. Even though we may act like sheep and we may have some same, same characteristics as far as traits of uh, some of the stubbornness sometimes and some of the, uh, the, the dumbness that, that we all carry sometimes, we, we can be like that. And so we need somebody to lead us and guide us. So when you look at that well-known and, and famous psalm there, uh, he's not saying that God is, is a shepherd, but he's saying he's like a shepherd. Uh, and so we can compare him to that. And again, that would have been something very commonplace to the people of David's day. Actually, commonplace to David, he was a shepherd, so he understood that lifestyle. He understood what it meant to be a shepherd. Uh, he understood what it took for him to shepherd other sheep, and so he understood what God, what God was doing for him and leading and guiding him. And so that imagery there, and that's one thing in, in poetry as well, is remembering that uh, the context makes a, a big difference in what we're reading and, and understanding because Again, most of us don't live in that that world. Some of y'all have grown up on farms. Some of you have been around that a long time. Uh, others have not. You're you were born and raised in the city, or or you don't have a whole lot to do with uh, that kind of culture. It's going to be a little, a little bit harder to understand, and so you have to take a little bit of time uh, to work with that. So. 
looking at there, what it's saying, what it's not saying. Uh, a second example here, uh, Psalm 131, verse 2. Uh, what's written here, we're told this, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Now again, here this passage is comparing God to a mother. Now he's not saying he's actually a mother. Uh, he's not saying uh, that, that he's female necessarily, uh, but he is comparing him to a mother. Paul does this in a different way in one of his letters, uh, talking about how he cared for the people like a, like a mother. And so it's that comparison there. And we're being compared to a, to a weaned child, to a, a young child who is uh, just coming off of that real close dependency uh, to a mother and, and what that looks like and the, some of the struggles that, that go in with that. So we see here, when we're reading poetry, and these were fairly simple examples here, uh, but looking at what's being written, why it's being written, look at the imagery that's being used, what is said, but also what's not being said. We can't take these these images too far uh, in our theology and our thinking. We, we need to look at the whole context of what's being written and, and what the message that's being conveyed is done there. Again, the cultural references definitely impact the understanding. And as with anything, context is essential. Uh, you need to understand the context of what you're reading and, and what, this, uh, what, what this is saying. Again, the example of David and the shepherd. He understood that cu- culture. He understood that context because he spent a good bit of his life uh, doing that. And so we need to understand those same kinds of things as well. Look at the, uh, what, was, what was happening back in you know, 3,000 years ago when these things were being written uh, and their context, what they were thinking of, we can't just pull them up over into our culture of today. There are definitely some parallelisms there. There's definitely principles that are being written about there, uh, but we can't just overlay our culture on top of their culture and, and understand what's being written. Same is true for other poetry that's written. We need to understand what was happening even 100 years ago, 200 years ago in some of the more modern poetry that we have. Poetry is important, and again, I'm, uh, we don't have time to go into everything we could and tons of examples in these lessons, but I do want to stress the importance of, of poetry because one of the things that poetry does is it challenges us to use our minds and our emotions with the text. God wants all of us. Now, we're told in, in when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the most important commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. God wants all of us here. And so when we read poetry, like I said, some of you may love poetry and read it often. Uh, others may be more like me where you don't necessarily just pick up poetry and read a lot of it. Uh, but all of it's important and all of it is essential uh, to us because part of what poetry does is it helps us to break us out of the, the routine and the mundane. Uh, the uh, facts and figures of, uh, of our world. You know, we're living in a day and age right now with COVID-19 and all the things that are happening with that. We're, we're enthralled with the numbers, you know, how many cases and uh, how the cases are going. Are they going up? Are they going down? What's the testing doing? And so we're, we're caught up into all these news cycles uh, where they're giving us a lot of facts and figures and dates and places and people and those kinds of things. And we can get caught up in that. So it's important to to change our mindset, to change the way we're thinking a little bit and let the poetry make us challenge our minds and strengthen our mind. So as I wrap up today, let me just give you a couple principles uh, for reading poetry. A couple of these I've already said already, but let me just reinforce them. The first one is when you come to poetry and literature, again, you'll find it pretty much throughout the Psalms, 
uh, Lamentations, but you'll find it in pretty much every book of the Bible. You'll find uh, some form of poetry. Slow down and meditate on it. Uh, I'll admit that's one of the hardest things for me to do uh, is to slow down and meditate. I like to read it, like to understand it, and like to uh, kind of put it in, the pl- in, in my mind and, and, and keep on going. But poetry means you got to take some time to to think through it a little bit, uh, just like you have to do sometimes with those songs you sing, because again, songs oftentimes are just poetry put, put to music. And so slow down, meditate, think about what's being said, why it's being said, what that image means, uh, and get into the mind, if you can and, and will, of the, the one that wrote it. What was going on in his life? Uh, was it being written during a time of peace uh, in the world? Was it being written during a time of, of war and distress uh, or difficulty in life? That makes a big difference in what people are writing and why they're writing it. Uh, look at that person's, that, that author's life. What kind of uh, was going on in his personal life? Uh, was it a time of prosperity? Was it a time of uh, being poor? You know what was happening there. That can tell you a lot about what the that author was was trying to convey and what he was trying to write in uh, in his uh, in that for poetry. So slow down and meditate on it. Think about it. Uh, secondly, unpack the imagery uh, that is in there. Ask yourself what is being compared. Uh, why is that being compared? Why that image? Why did why did David use the imagery of a shepherd in Psalm 23, and and why that's so powerful for us today? Uh, why didn't he use some other imagery there? He chose shepherd, possibly because he wrote it while he was out in the field with the sheep, and he was thinking about it. But but why that imagery, and why not another uh, type of of imagery? So what is being compared? Uh, what are the similarities between uh, the images that are being done? How are we like sheep? I mean, what are some of the characteristics that we find in ourselves and why we would be compared to, to being like those sheep that need to be led uh, instead of uh, being on our own and, and just being given information, allowed to do what we do. Sheep have to be led where they're supposed to go and being basically told what they need to do and be protected every night. So we need those kinds of things from our Heavenly Father. Uh, thirdly, uh, when you're unpackaging some of the imagery in there, what is the intended teaching? What ultimately is being taught in Psalm 23, the intent of that teaching, the intent of that psalm is to help us realize that God is there with us, leading us and guiding us through the difficult times and the dark times, even though I, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of the death, you're there with me. You haven't abandoned me, and you promised me a future. You promised me that uh, you're going to set a table out before my enemies and provide for me. And so that idea of God's provision and God's protection, God's constant uh, being around us, I think that's probably why it's one of the most beloved of all the Psalms uh, and most well-known of all the Psalms, because we crave that and we need that. So the intended teaching there is to help us understand who God is and how God works in our lives. Uh, the third thing about a principle for reading the poetry is look for the poetic devices, uh, the the word plays and, and the acrostics. And sometimes with word plays, just like in, in our own language, something work, sometimes it works real well in English, but it doesn't translate so well in, in other languages. So that's where a good study Bible will help. Uh, and a lot of times they'll just have notes at the bottom helping you understand some of those uh, word plays that are going on there, words that sound similar uh, in the Hebrew language to each other that, again, they sound totally different to us. Sometimes you have to have some understanding of that. Uh, one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 119 is a huge acrostic. Um, we're not 100% sure who wrote it. David probably could have written it and may have been the author of Psalm 119. But whoever wrote it, uh, eight 
verses for each stanza, uh, and each stanza starts is uh, begins with the letter of the, the the Hebrew alphabet, and you can find that if you read your your Bibles. Most of the Bibles headings will have that uh, letter of the Hebrew alphabet that's being uh, written about there, and so each each of those stanzas, those sections starts uh, with. Um, that that letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and so whoever wrote it, that took a long time to think through that, how to write each that in particular, and and what he was trying to convey in that. So look for those kinds of things, those um, the way the words are used. Uh, fourth, uh, look at how the poem impacts your emotions. Uh, don't just read it for content, but read it for what it's trying to speak to you. And again, that's why you have to slow down and meditate on it a little bit. What is really being said here? What's the author trying to pull out of me? What's the author trying to put into me uh, as as I read this? So look at how that poem uh, is going to impact your emotions. And then finally, uh, participate with the poetry as it connects with you. Uh, use it and and let it work with you again that's why I think Psalm 23 I've used a couple times already this morning we even though most of us are not shepherds uh, and we may not know that uh, lifestyle real well few of you may uh, but most of us can connect with that idea that the, the the meaning of needing to have somebody to provide and protect us and being there for us and those promises that come along with that and so most people of any age and any generation and in, in any uh, context, environment can relate to that. And so connect with the poetry. Uh, some, some of it will take a little bit harder. It may take a little bit more work to, to really connect with it. Some will be a little bit easier depending on where you are and, and your understandings, but uh, let that poetry work in you. I love the Psalms. Uh, and one of the things I love the, about the Psalms is the, the psalmists are, are honest. They're, they're just uh, expressing what they're feeling. And sometimes those feelings are, God, why are you? Why have you deserted me, God? Why aren't you there anymore for me? Now they always go back to God. I know you're going to be there for me, though. I know you're going to provide for me. But they express the things that we think and that the things that we feel, and we can relate to those things so often. Uh, oftentimes, we're saying, God, we, you know, I, I'm so excited because of who you are and the power and the presence that you give in me. So uh, we can appreciate uh, all those things. So I hope again. I know there's so much more we could say about poetry and so many more things we could learn, but but again, a good study Bible uh, and some commentaries as, as you're looking through some of these poems to help you understand those. But if you're just thinking about what kind of literature is this, if it's not um, prose, if it's not a historical fact that's being written, and if it's written in a different way, ask yourself, is this poetry? And so how should I read this? How should I look at it? How should I take the principles from this and apply it to my life? Hopefully that'll help you a little bit uh, for reading your Bible with more intentionality uh, and with more purpose in how you can use it in your life. Appreciate you all joining me for these studies. Uh, we'll be looking at wisdom literature next week. Again, some parallels to what we looked at today, but uh, some differences as well. Hope and pray you have a great day. Hope you'll join us for uh, our live stream again this Sunday, 10 a.m. Uh, we'll be doing this again for the next several weeks and just praying that you're staying safe and that uh, we can continue to move forward to open things back up and looking forward to being with you again. Let me pray and we'll close out our time.
Father, I come before you right now, and I thank you so much for who you are. Again, I thank you for this wonderful book that you've given to us, the Bible. This is your word. This is your written word. Uh, you are the word as well. We're told that in John chapter 1, that uh, Jesus Christ is the word, and the word was with God. He was uh, He was God from the very beginning. All things were created through your spoken word. So uh, your word is so much bigger than just this this Bible that we have, but you've given us this, this scripture to read and to understand and to apply to our lives, to know who you are and to know who we can be and who we should be in you. So help us to read it. Uh, with power. Help us to read it uh, with intentionality so that we can love you, serve you more. Help us not just to know your word, but help us to share your word with others as well. This is your truth, and your truth gives us life and purpose and meaning. Thank you, Father, for what you've given to us, how you provide for us so richly each and every day. It's in Christ's most holy name that we pray. Amen.